Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Thursday morning. It was an incredible Wednesday night for the Dallas Mavericks, among the NBA's most offensively efficient teams of the last 20 years. The Clippers found out the hard way. Great Wednesday to an amazing Thursday for some teams that could use it. The clapping is going. The draft lottery, by the way, 8.30 Eastern tonight on ESPN. I'll be working it tonight. LaMelo maybe to the Knicks. Wiseman to the Warriors. The draft Mm. order will be set tonight. Doris Burke here at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time to break it down. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. First one up, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time, Cardale Jones a former Big Ten Ohio State football quarterback stud. Get his thoughts on another football stud quarterback at Ohio State, Justin Fields, and the week it's been for him and the Big Ten. We got so much to get to. But, Jay, you mentioned it. You were clapping off the top. We're ready to go. In the last 25 years since we've been gauging offensive efficiency, 23, 24, 25 years, this year's Dallas Mavericks, better than anything the Warriors have ever done at their peak with the death lineup, better than anything James Harden and the Rockets have done. In fact, Luka has sat 30 minutes in the first two games of this series, and in those 30 minutes, the Mavericks have outscored the Clippers by eight points, the most offensively efficient team in the last 20-plus years. You saw them on display last night. Yeah, my takeaway last night was I'm not worried about the Clippers as much as I am in awe of the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are everything that the Philadelphia 76ers want to be. <laughs> and when you have Luka, who obviously had 28 points last night, I mean, he scored 70 points in his first two playoff games, but it was ultimately the depth mm-hmm. of the Dallas Mavericks that really helped them. Steph Curry off the bench scored a lot of buckets. They got a lot of key possessions. And also defensively, the job they did on Paul George, really not being able to get going in the first half, I think really allowed that momentum to translate into the second half. We've been in this position before with the Clippers, though, in the past, where True. you've seen teams like the Clippers look like that they're going to – finally get over the hump, even though they had the talent, for whatever reason, it didn't come to fruition the way that we envisioned. But a lot of that has to do with Dallas. Dallas is playing at a level that makes you go, wow. Rick Carlisle's been there for a long time. Typically in these situations, you see a coach win a championship, as he did with Dirk back in the day. He know he would be fired. He would be gone. But they've stayed the course with him. And look what has happened. Now all of a sudden – you get an opportunity to potentially, and it may not happen, but potentially push out the Clippers. I mean, who Mm-mm. knows? At the end, but at the end of the day, it's one one. It's one no one. Matter, no matter how you look at it, Pat Beverly didn't play last night, so some people Huge would say Huge caveat. But Lucas still went for forty two when he did play, even I, though they barely lost. I mean, when you look at the situation, it may just be sometimes it's a bad matchup. Sometimes you could be outcoached in situations. Kawhi Leonard did what Kawhi Leonard was going to do regardless. But when you have a team that, and it's different too now in this pandemic, it's a different situation. You're not playing home. You're basically a neutral site, even though they may stick your logo on the ground, right. on the floor. Right. You don't have your real true fans, no. your environment. That you've earned. That you've earned. So it's a different, everything is basically even. You're not even in a locker room that you're familiar with. So at the end of the day, when you look at it, Dallas is in a perfect position to go up 2-1 next time they take the floor, whether you really want to believe it or not. 
I just want to say how special Luka Doncic is. And the other day, I said that he was on the verge of crocking the top five players in the league. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, what do you mean, the verge of the top five? I don't, I don't see that happening. Well, think about this. Luka passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for second most points through his first two career playoff games in NBA history. NBA history. If my paper keeps on. It keeps. I'm having some technical difficulties here at the desk. The papers keep on. I didn't put the, the laptop on mute. But I'm not going to let it deter me from my point. Watching the way he controls the game. And think about this. I mean, last year when he won Rookie of the Year, there was this incredible debate about who's a better player, Luka Doncic or Trey Young. That's over. right. It, it, it's they've just Luka's catapulted into such a different stratosphere, and the way he controls mm-hmm. the game. The, the poise he plays with is just phenomenal. The vision is different. But doesn't that speak to different styles for different teams, different players? One guy is a shooter. Uh, other guys are facilitator, like you said, that can control the floor and do something. I, and the, look, your top five is your top five. There's no question about yep. it. It's yours. That you, you own it. That's what you say. But I don't think he's a top five player because on the defensive side, he's still a little bit of a liability. So is, still, James, is James Harden a top five player to you in the league? Because, I mean, he's gotten um, better defensively, but he's not great defensively. Well, he's, he's gotten better, but he's also shown us over a longer period of time. So you, so you need more of a sample size give me a little from bit. Luka. Yeah, give me a little bit because more. Because I don't think you can really use the defensive argument. You know, as much as it's not as applicable to Jay. You no, can't but make I'm, it but convenient I'm saying, for James but, Harden. But I'm saying that he could be a top five player for sure, is what I'm saying. Once his defense improves, he got into foul trouble last night a little bit, but... I mean, that's what he is. I mean, he's, he's, he's with the Dallas Mavericks, not because of defense, but because of scoring. I want to ask you an offensive question to both of you guys because this is a more offensively geared game. Uh, the Mavericks famously scored 149 points key in the bubble earlier this year and lost. You score 149 and lose. They actually lost to James Harden and the Rockets. So, Jay, if this is an offensively generated league and this is one of the best offensively efficient teams we've seen and this league is con- turned completely into an offensive league, why not the Mavs? Everybody's talking about the Blazers as a dark horse. Why not the Mavs as a dark horse to win it? Lack of experience. Okay. I would just say lack of experience for Chris Porzingis and for Luca. Now, look. I, I, I say I, lack of experience, plus they don't really have any. I mean, Porzingis displayed what I guess you could call some dog in him, right, with the little push and shove type situation. Game but, one ejection. Yeah, but, but they don't have anybody, to me, Jay, that's like, that, that ah, yeah, that, that nah, guy that, ah, yeah. they don't have one of those. Well, see, I, Who I, I is think that they have guy? depth. I think they have depth, but uh, Luca right. has to be. Luca is very similar to LeBron James in the fact that he has to facilitate everything, every possession it all runs for through, this man. team. Everything runs through Luka Doncic. So the question that you will wonder about as relates to his performance, which has been splendid, spectacular the last two games is with the volume of players that the Clippers can throw at him throughout the course of times. That's where I was talking about, you know, not having Patrick Beverly. The cumulative effect of that, eventually will he get tired and nobody else can really help him facilitate as much as he can do on the team. Muscle is the word that I was trying to, I was looking for. They don't have that muscle. I want to say this, though, as it relates to the Trey Young, Luka Doncic, um, you know, comparison. Think about the head start that Luka Doncic has had 
being a professional basketball player for X amount of years before Trey Young had a chance. Trey Young just started to learn how to be a professional basketball player, played one year at Oklahoma, yeah, now year. getting into the league, whereas Luka has learned how to train. He's learned how to take care of his body, eat right. He's been playing with grown men yes. for a longer time. He's been studying the game. That's the advantage to playing professional basketball at an earlier age that Luka has over Trey. Yeah, Trey Young, basically, at the end of the day, he's just leaving high school, right? I mean, he, two he's years still, removed from high school, Yeah, two years removed from high school, so he's still young. Keep in mind, the Clippers have also played 31 different starting lineups this year. The Mavs are pretty set with who they have. And when you're playing 31 and you're trying to figure things out in a year unlike any other, assimilation can be difficult. Zubin, are you taking the, are you taking the Mavericks to beat the Clippers? I think I am because not only— You are, think or you know. Don't I want to hear I think yeah. <laughs> I am. Either you know or you don't know. I'm going to do it because not only do you have your example of Luka in Serbia— Porzingis was the same way in Latvia. He was playing early on as well. And and then I'm with Z on taking the Clippers because I've seen Doc in the past with his teams that were supposed to finish a certain way. They didn't quite finish that way. On top of that, Patrick Beverly missed. So you're you taking know, the Mavericks. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Taking you're the taking the Mavericks. the Mavericks, and you're taking the Mavericks. I'm taking the Mavericks. Okay, if you guys both lose, you have to wear what I tell you to wear when we come in the next day after they lose. And Fair? then what about you? What do you want? What do you want me to do? What's the bet? No, because see, oh, you I, need more get, time to think about yeah, it. Yeah, because I get in trouble telling you what, <laughs> telling you what to wear. I'll tell you, I get in trouble. I'm going to look forward to Zuba not wearing a sweater, a sweater <laughs> and, and a collared shirt. No, he's like, it's just look. I know. That's it's why I want to change it up. I want to change it up. <laughs> All right, we'll wait to see what happens. Hopefully, the Mavs can win so I can stay exactly the way I am. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. Still to come, he's a voice you've heard for decades calling some of the biggest sporting events in the world. And his career may be over after just one slip-up last night. But boy, was it a slip-up. If you didn't hear about it, we'll have it for you next. But first, Key's got this from DraftKings. Not all motor oils are created the same. Motor oil made of crude oil contains impurities. But Penzol synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Its based oil is 99.5 free of free from impurities. It gives you the unbelievable engine protection. So the next time you get an oil change, ask Penzoil. The proof is in Penzoil. Base sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Ask for the Mopar service center at your local Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership. A mouthful there. (laughs) Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're rolling with the NBA. Jason Tatum, 33 in game two. The Celtics are up 2-0. That boy, nice. Over the Sixers. It could be nearly the end for Brett Brown. We'll talk about that in just a little uh, bit. That looked like me back in the day. Doris Burke will be Woo! here at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Key's watching on ESPN News, watching some slick baskets. The Raptors halfway home to the second round. They're up 2-0 on the Nets. They're 9-1 in the bubble. Very quiet, the defending champions. And after 57... Donovan goes for 30. Utah and Denver are tied at one apiece. Spider Mitchell has been amazing. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren saying the decision to postpone fall sports, quote, will not be revisited, end quote. It's over. They're not playing. He said so in an open letter, despite all of the pressure and the petition from the Ohio State quarterback, Justin Fields. Former Ohio State quarterback, Cardale Jones, will join us in 14 minutes. Reese Davis of ESPN's College Game Day will be here as well, 8, 10 a.m. Eastern, to offer his perspective. And longtime Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman caught mid-game last night using a homophobic slur during the broadcast on Fox Sports Ohio. They were coming back from a commercial break before the top of the seventh inning. This was the first game of a doubleheader. They were taking on the Royals, the Reds were. Brenneman didn't seem to realize his mic was on when he made the comment, and he actually finished game one, remained on the air in the second game until the top of the fifth, when he apologized directly on camera to anyone who heard or saw it before handing off his play-by-play duties. The Reds later announced his suspension. We'll hear from Brenneman here in 20 seconds. But first, from A to Z, brought to you by Redbox. Don't miss the Redbox 15K Summer Sweepstakes. Rent or buy any Sony movie for a chance to win. No purchase necessary for official rules and to learn more, including free entry via email. Visit redbox.com slash 15K sweeps. We're back inside. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including, like I said, 12-gauge himself, Cardale Jones, the national champion, burst out in the first college football playoff. He's on the way at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Kevin Warren doesn't want to revisit anything, but we'll see if Cardale does, and we'll certainly revisit his incredible career. He was a big-time guy in the Big Ten. He's got big-time thoughts. Let's revisit what happened with the Reds last night and Tom Brenneman. Just to set it up, his father, Marty Brenneman, legendary broadcaster. He's there with... Jack Buck, Harry Carey, maybe the guys your grandfather listened to if you're kind of our age and you're on the Vince set here. Vin Scully in the gang. Vin Scully, the legendary. What do you guys mean, our age? What does that mean? <laughs> 42, 38, 48. I'll let okay. you decide who's what age. But I will tell you. 28. That, <laughs> feeling like, feeling like. But I will tell you, uh, Brenneman also, when Fox was broadcasting the Bull Championship Series, the BCS, mm-hmm. what happened before the college football playoff, he was the lead broadcast voice on that. And when Joe Buck goes to call the World Series every October. It's Tom Brenneman who sits next to Troy Aikman on Fox's number one team. He's 56 years old for three decades. He has been a part of the American sporting landscape on national television. So he mentioned the slur. He addressed it on the broadcast. And then oddly, when he was starting to talk about it, he did a little play-by-play, which was a little strange. And then he essentially said, the words you're about to hear might be the last he ever says. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a 
a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. That was Brenneman on Fox Sports Ohio. So he started to apologize and then to stop mid-sentence to call a home run, then finish his apology. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Key, be straight with us. When you heard this, you heard his apology, you thought what? Uh, Just another stupid remark made out there, and the first thing I say is by old fool because I didn't know his age. 56. Okay, that's old to me when you start talking like that. Your Mm -hmm. brain cells, something's wrong with you. Because we're in a time that they – First of all, it's not 1965 that we're living in. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter that is part of the LBGTQ community, mm-hmm. okay? And so when you say stuff like that, Jay, it hits close to home for me. Mm. I worked four years in sports talk radio out in Los Angeles with my good friend LZ Granderson. And if you don't know him, look him up, okay? we I've been a part of Pride Month. Okay, I've been in that situation. For those listeners that just don't have a chance to look up if they're in their car, can you just quickly explain LZ's background? Well, LZ's background, LZ's a, a journalist. Uh, incredible wrote, person. Incredible person. Wrote Jay, Jay Will's book. Um, so, you know, he works here at ESPN. He's part of Sports Nation. Uh, 710 ESPN. Worked at CNN. Been multiple platforms. Uh, intelligent brother. Intelligent. And so, I understand... Certain people have certain values and views about what it is. If you have those values and views, then keep them to your damn self. Mm. Okay, it ain't. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. But you're not ashamed. You you know what you're ashamed of? You're ashamed that you got caught. Hmm. That's what you're ashamed of. And it always, for me, pisses me off Mm. when in this day and age you have a problem with the way people live their lives because you're afraid of what? What are you afraid of? They ain't going to bite you. They ain't going to do nothing to you. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to attack you. I mean, it's the same conversation you have when people run out there and they use the N-word and then hide behind it which and say an- that they I- didn't really mean to. Which is another story we'll get to after this. And so I'm tired. Man, I'm really, like, tired. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, I'm so tired of just what we continuously have to deal with every single day. If it ain't this, it's that. And he lived, when you hear him in his apology prior to that odd calling of a baseball game, he guessed. Oh, I guess. What do you mean you guess it went out on the airways? You know it went out on the airways because you're apologizing. Mm -hmm. But I guess, as he would say, he'll find out his future. Well, why don't you just decide to say, I don't want to do this anymore because I have a certain views about the way people live their lives and I don't want to be a part of it. So therefore, I don't want to be a part of Major League Baseball anymore. So the Brendan family are Cincinnati sports icons who have an extraordinary and powerful voice in the local community. 
after hearing that this morning, I was disgusted. I was disgusted, Keith, because when we come to work every single day, we just don't speak for ourselves. We're speaking for millions of people. Millions. Millions of people. And that fits underneath the umbrella of people. People. All different colors, all different backgrounds, creeds for people. And for me, that would, that's a learned behavior. That's a learned behavior that has gone on for a, a pretty significant time in his life. If you, We all talk about this. I mean, as soon as we're off air... People say, oh, you're off air. But we know we're never really off air. You're always on air. Your mics are always hot. That's the first thing they should teach you in no, journalism school. that is one school, of the first right? things they teach, teach you. you. And for, especially for a guy as seasoned as that. I'm not making excuses for that. I'm just saying what you, what you say off air is obviously what you say throughout the course of your life. You go back to natural tendencies. You're not performing anymore. You're more yourself, right? That's why I say you, we no longer live in a society where you can be somebody on TV and then be somebody else off TV. No, you have to be who you are all the time, 24-7. Now, I'm not going to get a part of and become part of this cancel culture, right, and just say, hey, he never deserves to work again because he said this. But like my mom taught me when I was younger, I can forgive, but I am never going to forget. I'm never going to forget. And I think the public discourse that's going to follow this man for the rest of his career, it's going to be relentless. And, and, and it, it should be relentless for making it, that. For and saying at that, fifty-six years old, you should know better. Like you, you, times are different now. Like I said, I have a daughter, and I have a niece, and I'm good friends with LZ. LZ has become one of my closest friends. I, we was t- I was telling you the story uh, pre-production about how we hung out at a parade, and we, at a parade, and we went in in into the to the bars and hung out and chill because it's okay. <laughs> Nothing to be afraid of, dog. Nothing like there's nothing to be afraid of. One quick thing, Jay, I want to mention you mentioned it. The Hornets broadcaster, John Fokey, he texted a racial slur. He has been suspended by their organization. So we've had a couple of incidents here in the last week. Yeah. And, and look, well, that one there, I'm not a technology geek by no stretch of imagination. Not saying that you are, but no stretch of imagination. <laughs> Z. I I got a, an iPhone. Okay. And I know there's things in my iPhone that I've, Tweeted out, texted out, whatever the case is, words, and and I may go to that word and so, and it may not necessarily that word, but a letter or two, and it pops up mm-hmm. an autocorrect situation. You can't tell me that he ain't tweeted that or 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 not necessarily tweeted, but a text that to somebody before with an N word in front of. That's why I went in his phone because mm-hmm. it's already stored there. He said he was trying to text the word. Yeah, nuggets, sure he was. Yep, and it came across. You as- can spell nuggets, right? Yes, I could. Okay. Can, can I tell you guys something real quick? I tried to text the word nuggets in my phone. To test, so to speak? Yeah. Did it pop it, up? It didn't, it didn't change my word to that word. So you mean to tell me iPhone didn't store that in the situation I'm when just, you first? I'm, I'm just saying I tried it multiple <laughs> times. Yeah. Early this morning, like 10 yeah. plus times. Nice try, buddy. If I would get autocorrected, but. That was strong, guys. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Speaking of strong, whew. Cardale Jones burst onto the scene in 2014, won the college football playoff. He'll join us and burst onto the scene for some comments about Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. You are going to want to hear. 12 Gauge is next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's a pleasure to be joined by Cardale Jones, who burst onto the scene in the very first college football playoff, announced himself to the Big Ten, and remains an Ohio State legend. Cardale, you had your opportunity in 2014 to make magic, but it seems like Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren isn't going to let any Big Ten kids have the opportunity to break out the way that you did, putting the kibosh on any sort of reinstatement of the 2020 season. As a former Ohio State player and Big Ten competitor, what do you make of the decision? It, it sucks, and um, I think the Big Ten was definitely lazy on this thing. They had, you know, six, seven, eight months to try to figure out a protocol. Um, how we're going to continue fall? How we going to continue ball in the fall? I mean, it's totally understandable when it first happened. The pandemic first broke out here, you know, February, March. We had to cancel, you know, the tournament and all the spring sports. But they had all this time when they canceled spring ball to come up with some type of way to make sure, you know, these athletes. I'm really worried about the athletes who came back for that fourth year or the fifth year seniors or guys who was granted eligibility for a fifth or sixth year, you know, because I'm pretty sure they went through a lot. You know, you got the grad transfers and things like that. But then again, I do look at it, you know, from the other side of view with the Big Ten when, you know, they don't want a COVID um, outbreak anything tracked back to one of their sporting events. So I kind of see it from both ends of the perspective, but it just sucks. (laughs) 12 gauge, what should the Big 12 have done? You like that, huh? What What is it that the, uh, the uh, Big 10 should have done differently, in your opinion? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think they should have maybe um, limited maybe definitely the fans in the stadium. Um, I should think they just – they should have just came up with a better protocol. They had, like I said, they had, they had seven to eight months to try to figure out a way to, to make sure they was playing ball this fall, but I think they dropped the ball overall on, on handling it. And I definitely believe when they first released the schedule, it was just a just a publicity stunt because I don't think anything major has changed from the time they released the schedule to the time they decided to cancel the whole season. Now, you was a guy who came back to Ohio State to obviously increase your draft chances in for the next year in the NFL. Now you got several players that have come back, redshirt juniors, seniors, fifth-year guys. What should the NC2A do in terms of the transfer rule to allow those players to maybe go to the SEC if there's football, ACC if there's football, Big 12? Should they allow them to be able to move in that direction? Oh, for sure. They should definitely grant it. 
Or, you know, one of my teammates said it best on Twitter earlier this week, maybe Ohio State do more for the Big Ten than the Big Ten do for Ohio State. Maybe they should allow Ohio State to explore other options this upcoming season. Or maybe they should allow teams that want to play explore other options in a way that's still safe and follow protocols of other, you know, um, conferences so they can play ball. But as for a guy to transfer two, three weeks before the season and, and expect that he's going to make a, a significant impact, especially at the quarterback level or, or on offense overall. Because, Keyshawn, you know, offense, going to another offense like learning another language. Yes. You know, so it will be tough for a guy to transfer right now and to say, hey, you know, plug me into this offense. I want to play because I'm a freaking baller. You know, that, it's not that simple. I mean, defense is running around, go get the guy with the ball. But <laughs> offense is a little more complicated. But maybe the big teams should allow these, or maybe, you know, these two conferences, these two power five conferences who cancel their season, maybe they should allow these teams to explore other options and, and play in, you know, other conferences. I mean, that's I know that's um, super different, but we live in a different time right now anyway. Mm-hmm. Cordell, what are your thoughts on spring football? Is it realistic? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not not at all. Because if you're going to have spring ball, a spring season, then you will have to switch pretty much every fall fall sport to spring because it'd be too much of a quick turnaround. Um, maybe if you had some type of shortened spring season, but I don't think that spring season will can really produce a, a national champ. You know, because it won't be a full season. But if you have a whole spring season, and then you know you got the summer pretty much to get ready for a fall season, that'd be tough to ask on a student athlete. Okay, I hear you saying that, but if you were actually a student athlete at the beginning stages of your career at the Ohio State, would you have played spring ball if it was the only option? Hell yeah, I would have. <laughs> at the end of the day, you that competitive, you still want to play. And just like how all these guys are going through all these protocols to play and get ready for this fall season, it, it sucked. But guess what? The competitive, they want to do it. They want to play. So they deal with it. Cardell Jones joined us here on the morning show. Uh, 12 Gage, when you look at, obviously, when you were at Ohio State, Ohio State is known for big money. They're making big money off endorsements, jersey sales, you know, television rights, everything. Now that you look at it and the players aren't getting anything from the NC2A or conferences or anything like that, where are you in terms of the We Are United and what that movement is trying to do. Oh, for sure. I'm totally for it. I'm totally uh, behind it and uh, supporting it because, you know, I totally agree with the players. And, and, and like I said before, reverting back to you, Keyshawn, um, no one over draft pick and the things you was able to accomplish in your college career, I'm pretty sure you'd have been happy with a, some type of compensation for your ability for, for the broke. things you produced on <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly like you know like 99 percent of student athletes you know coming from tough situations and never seen a real dollar at that point but it gets to you at a certain point when you start making plays and you start seeing your jerseys and your local barns and nobles and and they talking about you everywhere you go and you know your work to that university and to that program and and the, and the only person that's benefiting is people that have nothing to do with you. Yeah, it kind of it kind of sucks. So I'm definitely all for it, and I definitely think the Big Ten and NCAA should stop trying to find ways to limit that and find ways to get these guys back on the football field this fall. It, do you think? Do you think? With that being said, though. The, if if that was in place right now and everything that was going on, do you think some of the players that opted out 
would still be in to play right now if they was getting a check? Um, that's a great question. Um, maybe so. You know, if they still had an opportunity to play and they know they was getting some type of compensation for it on top of knowing the risk of potentially contracting the virus, um, maybe so, because that just adds another professional aspect mm-hmm. up to uh, college ball. And, I mean, let's be honest, you play at a major university, it, it is professional ball. Yes. Cordell, can I ask you a question? How old are you now? 27. Okay. So when you were back in school, do, do you think, because, you know, one of the things I've been hearing from a lot of you know, players, and they wouldn't say this publicly, is that you get a lot of these coaches that are trying to use the whole, like, play for us. And, you know, obviously you guys worked your whole careers for this moment to play college football. I know you guys want to play. You, you hear players uh, saying to me that, hey, like, sometimes they feel like the coaches are trying to push them in this direction. And I understand that you would want to play if you were that younger version of yourself. Being where you are now, what kind of advice would you give, whole, realistically looking at the scenario, understanding that we don't have all the data that supports long-term effects of COVID or things of that sort? Can, is it just that easy to say, yeah, we want to play now? Is it that easy? Um, like I said, at the end of the day, you know, when you add financials into it, add another aspect. But at the, at the very end of the day, I think the competitive spirit over trumps all of that. No, Cardell, it can't, though. It can't, though, can it? Because I'm competitive as hell, too. I want to play all the time. But I'm saying, like, isn't this the job of people who are a little bit older to say, hey, look, I know you guys want to compete, but let's think about what's in your best interest long term? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's what I was getting to, too. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I look at it from both sides of it. Um, You still want to protect you as an investment. You don't want to take that. It's almost like you don't want to take the quick dollar now and you can think about the big dollars down the road. So with them potentially opting now or not playing a season, I mean, let's be honest, is that going to hurt, hurt Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or, you know, Sean Wade draft stock? No, not really. You know, no matter what, these guys are still going to be top draft picks. So having that potential, oh, let's play now, let's play now, and potentially not only the risk of getting hurt, but contracting the virus and not knowing what it do to you long term, because everybody's situation will be different, it could potentially hurt that investment down the road. So like I said, I'm looking at it from both sides of the point of view. You know, you got to control that competitive side in you to, you know, pretty much trust and believe what the CDC is saying about it and, and and hopefully the big team is having everybody's best interest at heart by canceling the season and looking at it down the road like, okay, well, at least I'm protecting my investment. Great points. It's great to be joined by a national champion in Cardale Jones. This year we will crown a national champion, but it just doesn't feel like everybody will be united or feel like this is a legit champion with at least 40% of the Power Five not playing, including Cardale's O-League. Cardale, thanks for catching up with us. Look forward to seeing you down the road. Thanks, 12 Stay games. healthy, Appreciate man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. The one and only Cardale Jones burst onto the scene. He had three games at the end of the 2014 season, and he was spectacular. I met him, Z. He played with my nephew, Michael Thomas, at Ohio State. So that's when I first met him and hanging out with him. Big dude, man. God, he's, he's, spe- he's a special dude, too, man. Like, he's a really nice, down-to-earth young individual. Sounded like it when we talked to him. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. 
Tom. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. If you're a big college football fan, I'm sure you enjoyed Cardale. I hope you did hang tight for ESPN's Reese Davis, the host of College Game Day at 8, 10 a.m. Eastern. He'll join us. We'll get his thoughts on Commissioner Warren. I'm going to get your thoughts on Commissioner Warren right now. There's a reason if you're watching on ESPN News, Jay was the guy in the NBA. He is always shooting, you know. <laughs> he misses shots at the trash can every day. He takes like 50 shots a day. He misses shots at the trash can every day. Oh, we need to get so, a camera on this so, so we can show people. It was like the home. Lakers three-point shooting, bro. So, I mean, uh, if, if, I miss, if I miss at the trash can and you were in the NBA, well, then what do you do? What? I, yeah, I okay, haven't missed okay. a lot. Anyway. <laughs> we're having some Z. fun with Kevin Warren. Yes, indeed. So we're going from some trash talk to the trash can <laughs> back and forth. Okay, so here's the deal from Kevin Warren. Wrote an open letter yesterday because he was getting a lot of heat from Justin Fields and a lot of people that said, look, you overreacted. You got to reinstall the season. He said, no. In the open letter, he said he was, quote, overwhelmingly in support of postponing fall sports and will not be revisited, saying, quote, the decision was thorough and deliberative and based on sound feedback, guidance, and advice from medical Expert. So you've said it all along. There's going to be no season in the Big Ten, and he essentially put the stamp on it yesterday, no matter what some of the biggest student athletes in his league said. And, and he said right there in his, in his letter that he heard from the experts, the guys in the white coats with the pins in the pocket, that that's who you want to take your lead from. And he certainly has gotten it right, where you look at some of these other conferences, and I understand they want to push forward and try to make – uh, college football go and basketball go and all these other things. But when you're listening to the medical experts in your region, you want to take their advice. Why would you go against them? I'm certainly not going to talk to an uh, auto mechanic about my health. I want to talk to a doctor that knows what's going on when you don't know the long-term effects, not just today, because these young men and women that are, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23 years old, will soon be 40 and 45. And we don't know the long-term effects. And we don't know the long-term effects. Until we get a handle on this sort of stuff, then just put a kibosh on it and call it a day. Keyshawn, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But it feels like we are going to have college football. Okay. It feels like there is a mentality that we are going to burn through it. Yes. And you have... Campuses that are removing students to parallel learning. You're already hearing narratives out there saying that now we're providing a safer environment for the student athletes because now a football team cannot be, you know, talking or communicating or, you know, partying with other students, which, you know, they would think would detract the opportunity to actually catch the virus. And let's be real about this. There is so much money at stake for universities and local towns. It feels like we're moving in a direction like it's going to, hey, we're going to burn through it. Herd immunity. The same way the NFL is leading this charge. Look, if you you test positive, sit out. We'll get somebody else to come back in and play. And it looks like there's some colleges and some conferences, the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, that are moving in the same direction as the NFL. Keyshawn J. Wills, you've been brought to you by Indeed. This player resume is brought to you by Indeed. Find the high impact, hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high impact. The resume right now, if you look at the battle plan of attack for Notre Dame and North Carolina, essentially is our student athletes and our students are being treated a little bit differently. They always have been treated differently, but go ahead. (laughs) The situation in North Carolina is such that they've had couple of hundred cases. They've had to really figure out what they want to do. They've decided to go to remote learning, but it's not really affecting things 
for the football team. And a lot of people are saying that, well, for the first time, if you're going to tell me at these institutions, particularly at North Carolina, that the student athletes are no different than the students, then why is football continuing while everybody else will be doing remote learning? If everybody's under the same umbrella and is to be treated the same way, then why are we going in divergent paths? So here's what I'm going to say to all these student athletes. So if you're one of these people that decides, hey, okay, I want to play. I'm going to put football first and you want to play. Don't play unless you get what you deserve. Because now we recognize what it is. It's always been a business, but now it's right in front of your face, Keyshawn. And I know you disagree. You and I both disagree with players playing, right? We don't think the environment's safe long term. But if players are going to play, if you decide that you are going to play, if you are having a season in the Big 12, in the, you know, in the SEC, in the ACC, then get what your worth is. Get your value. At least play for something how, how, other how than just I, playing for yourself. How am I going to get that on, what is this, the 20th? What's today? August 20th or something like Sit that? Sit out. Yeah, August Boycott. 20th. So Boycott. how am I going to get it on August 20th when I'm two weeks away from opening day? Sit out. Boycott. So I'm not going to get anything. Well, you can get Cause, something cause if they the want to rush to the, the day, table and negotiate. But they're not going to do that. Let's be realistic here. Oh, they're, they're not going to oh, turn everything around in a couple weeks to satisfy multiple sports and negotiating table in a few weeks when they don't even have a, a, a template to even go on. They're not going to do that. I'm just saying they will be forced to come to the table and figure out some I, I, kind I, of negotiation tactic, especially if they want football this bad, under, considering I, the revenue I, I they under, would lose. I understand what we are saying, but I want to be practical here. You're talking about multiple fall sports. You're not, we're not just talking about football. Well, but I'm just talking about but football. But let's carve out football out of the, the equation. Now, football's on the side. You want to carve out something for football. Now you got a hundred and something players that you now have to, from each team in each conference, figure out what the numbers are, what are we really giving them, what is, you know, how much money are we making in revenue sharing, what else are we doing besides the money? Does Black Lives Matter? Because that's part of it. That it's just not money that they're talking about on the are, are We United. They're talking about injustice. They're talking about a whole bunch of stuff. So they got to figure that out. And they're not going to be able to figure it out in two weeks. Coming back to the Big Ten just for one second, kind of want to ask you guys a question about Commissioner Warren. I want to hear from Penn State's James Franklin, their head coach. It's not what happened to his season. It's not what happened to his league. It's how it all went down. Here's the head coach. I don't necessarily have a issue with the decision but I have an issue with the process and I got an issue with the timing you know it was challenging to keep getting up in front of my team and getting up in front of my parents and not having answers to their questions so to me if we were going to make the decision to delay the season that we at least took the time to work with the NCAA and the Big Ten to have all the answers for what that's going to mean. I want to ask you this, because Warren made the decision that Franklin just said. Don't you think, though, Kevin Warren is sleeping a little bit better at night knowing there's really no chance I'm going to wake up the Sunday after a full slate of Big Ten action where I'm going to get some horrible medical news from my people? Those other three leagues that Jay mentioned, Greg Sankey of the SEC, John Swafford of the ACC, Bob Bowlesby of the Big 12, they are holding their breath and not sleeping on Saturday nights. Warren has taken that out of the equation with his cautiousness. Well, and that's the smart way to do things. You don't want the liability. You don't want your brain scrambling every single Saturday thinking, okay, Sunday morning, 
anything might go wrong. You don't you, you don't want on that you. on your conscience. It's on you. But it's not even just on him. It's on the president of the university. It's on uh, the athletic directors of the universities, the head coaches of the universities. You don't want it. He did the smart thing, and it's starting to look like it even more based on Notre Dame's issues, North Carolina's issues, the Pac-12 did it, the smart thing as well. And I know people want to see college football. Hell, I enjoy college football every Saturday. But I'd be damned if I want to see something happen to a family member or somebody just to see college football. Speaking of it's on you, it's on you, Brett Brown. Is it the beginning of the end? That's next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.